Good afternoon. The time check is 31 minutes past two and my name is Chamun Dabeng and I'm going to be hosting two lovely ladies in the studio today. And yes, let me just talk about just a little bit about what we're going to be discussing. And we have uh, this radio program is actually a UNESCO sponsored program under the EU UN Spotlight Initiative project implemented by Women Africa. All right. So let me introduce the two guests that I have who are going to be having this discussion with me and I have uh, to my right is Ruth Megbu. I hope I didn't murder your name right there. Um, and she is a lawyer who works with Women Africa as its programs coordinator and legal officer. You're welcome to the show. Thank you very much. All right. So I also have here with me Lady Celine Inkiru Okoro. She is the executive director, Center for Organizational Development, COD publisher. African Women Nigeria. You're welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Um, well, let me just talk a little bit about our speaker here, uh, Lady Celine. Well, she is in Kirokoro and she's a women's rights activist committed to women's socioeconomic, health and political empowerment, especially among the poor and lower middle class as seen qua non to the promotion and protection of their fundamental rights. All right, so today we're going to be discussing protecting women and girls with disabilities from gender-based violence. Now, this is actually a very interesting topic that we're going to be discussing here. Um, yes. So please, before we get into all of this now, I started off by saying that this is a sponsored UNESCO program. And apparently what I'm seeing here is that it's 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 connected to different establishments, EU, the UN and um, uh, Spotlight Initiative projects. Can you tell us a little bit about that so that we understand, you know, where this discussion is going? Good afternoon, listeners. Um, I've been introduced and I'm very much delighted to be your guest this afternoon at WFM 106.3. Um, it is sad, although... Okay. It is sad, but heartwarming, that it takes um, the likes of UNESCO, the UN, the EU, mm -hmm. and uh, funded programs for us to discuss issues about us yeah. and how we live and how we relate to mm -hmm. each other. You ask yourselves about uh, our budget stands at about 13 trillion every year. Mm -hmm. What do governments do with the money that is budgeted every year? Mm -hmm. How many of them would invest in this kind of programming? I think this is a food for thought. If you're in government and you're listening in, or if you're a personal assistant or aid or in the corridors of power, what do you spend your budget on? How much of corporate social responsibility are you doing within your various spaces? Mm -hmm. And ask yourself, must we wait on Spotlight Light Initiative mm -hmm. or the EU or the UN or the UNESCO team mm -hmm. to begin to discuss issues about our humanity? Mm -hmm. Like again, I don't have all the answers, but whoever is listening should determine, mm -hmm. really, are we on the right track? But mm -hmm. for me, the answer is a clear no. Okay? The UN Spotlight Initiative is a basket funding, mm -hmm. okay? It's a basket funding that saw all the engagement gaps that had to do with uh, the Millennium Development Goals. So when they came up with the Spotlight Initiative, the Spotlight Initiative is a, 
like you said, the EU, the United Nations system, and other funding agencies, international development partners, came together to address issues of gender-based violence, mm -hmm. women's political participation, and some cultural issues that are not only particular, not just for Africa, mm -hmm. is a worldwide program. The Spot mm -hmm. Spotlight Initiative is a global program that seeks to address gender equality and empowerment of women, mm -hmm. but specifically, it addresses issues of gender-based violence. It addresses issues of uh, women's political participation. Mm -hmm. It addresses issues of trafficking and the girl child. It also addresses issues of um, it also addresses issues of uh, well, I'll call them he for she, raising mm -hmm. male champions to address issues of gender-based violence. That's, That's what this spotlight uh, initiative mm -hmm. seeks to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So um, tell me this. Uh, thing with UNESCO, what does UNESCO actually hope to achieve by the end of this segment? Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I wish I'm here on the <laughs> platform of UNESCO to speak for them. But being a development expert, the, the truth is that where the world stands on a tripod, mm -hmm. and that tripod is government at one leg, the private sector on one leg, and then the civil society on the third leg. Mm -hmm. These are the components that make up every human society. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, fortunately, unfortunately, the UN system, which UNESCO is a member of, recognizes that developmental initiatives are not attractive to gov a lot of mm -hmm. governments. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, development initiatives is actually a foundation for global peace and security. Mm -hmm. That's why they find a way of getting money from member states because that's how they raise their money, mm -hmm. you know, to now try to do or encourage um, systems and structures within a, a polity to draw attention to some issues that they feel are neglected. And one of them is actually issues of gender-based violence. The society would not normally want to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But with the, with, with the UN system, the EU system, and other international development partners paying attention to them, you know, the, you often find out that states do not have a choice mm -hmm. than to begin to work with them in redirecting mm -hmm. what should be priority in their development indicators. Because at the end of the day, human life matters. And human, women's rights are human rights. Mm -hmm. And the rights of, of every person actually is key. Mm -hmm. And a society that does not protect its most vulnerable groups are not a good or a, 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 they are not a society to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. Because a society is judged by how it deals with its weakest link. And when we talk about weakest link, we talk about persons with disabilities, mm -hmm. we talk about the girl child, mm -hmm. that's the, the children, the youths, the women, you know, and the aged. Mm -hmm. How do society pay attention to this class of people mm -hmm. who are the vulnerable, yeah, who are the, the weak within the system? The yes, they mm -hmm. need to be protected. The most. So what, what? when you look around your society and your government are not paying attention to the old and the aged, mm -hmm. they're not paying attention to persons with disability, mm -hmm. they're not paying attention to women and girls, they're not paying atte a, 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 attention to youths, then something mm -hmm. is wrong because mm -hmm. these really are the bedrock of any society. Mm -hmm. They're the people that need the most care. In All any right. system. All right. Yeah. All right. So, Ruth, can you tell me what your views are on gender-based violence? Well, it's mm -hmm. my opinion that the law is very trite on gender and gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. So, the issue of gender-based violence is, like she has said, is something we see every day. It's something that we relieve. So, it's my opinion that. 
it's my opinion that um, this issue should be tackled both internationally and um, nationally. All right. All right. So, so far, what we've seen is that issues of gender-based violence has pretty much been our own uh, Corona, even before Corona came up. It's been very, very rampant. It was literally a pandemic on its own. Now, um, now studies have actually shown that women and girls with disabilities are more vulnerable to gender-based violence than women and girls without disabilities. Do you agree with this? And why do you? Yeah, definitely. I, in fact, I couldn't agree with you more. The question is, how does the average Nigerian society or average Nigerian view persons with disability? What is the reaction of a woman who, after nine months of pregnancy, gets into the labor ward, mm -hmm. then comes up with this child, and the doctor says, oh, this child has a Down syndrome, yeah. this child may never work, this child may never talk, mm -hmm. this child may have some infirmities. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with the, that kind of... You'd be surprised, amazed that most women come from hospital and begin to hide the child. Yeah. So the society, how does that's for Nigeria? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, in the United States of America, those same children, the special needs children that are born from the day of their births, in fact, their parents get paid for staying home to take to look after them, mm -hmm. and they are looked after. There is budgetary provision for them till they die, mm -hmm. in terms of clothing, hospital fees, Education. shopping, mm -hmm. um, um, nannies to look after them mm -hmm. from births. School, special schools that they go to, the buses that come to pick mm -hmm. them and all, you be marveled. Then you ask, oh, these are two societies, okay? One has a baby that is uh, physically challenged or is living with disabilities. You hide the person, put him under the door, nobody must see him, oh, he's a taboo to be seen. Yeah. And then another society takes this very gold child that you have, you think is of no value, mm -hmm. not just the child, but bring, brings care protection. So that is who we are. Who are we as a as a people? Mm -hmm. How do we how do we see our persons with uh, disabilities? Mm -hmm. People to be pitied, people to be disab um, people that are disadvantaged. But it ought not be, because I believe there is ability in disability. So and of course because of our because of uh, how we respond to persons with disability. It's, it, it exposes them to a lot of vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Those who are close to them, because you're hiding them, so those who are able to break the, the cover and get close to them mm -hmm. end up abusing them. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't know because there's this big culture of silence because your abuser will tell you, oh, don't talk. If you talk, I'll come and yeah. deal with you. I'll, I'll worsen of your situation. And you're even on the wheelchair. Anyway, what can you do mm -hmm. by, to me, by the way? So it's really a terrible situation. And it tells who we are. And it's the sad thing that we as Nigerians do not have care, special care for our special mm -hmm. people that have disabilities. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, I, we were actually discussing this before we came in. So I'm going to throw this question to you now. Yeah. Um, the way that we view people who are differently able to actually prefer mm -hmm. that term. You know, we've seen cases where people who have been, you know, abused, have been raped. And a lot of the time their cases are actually followed up. I remember this one particular story that I read of a woman who was clinically insane, who was raped by a, a, a man. And then at the end of the day, the solution was to make him marry her. Now, what are your views on, you know, the way that we see people who are disabled, sorry, differently abled, and the way we handle their own cases when they are being abused? Again, it, it, uh, the, uh, it's for me, it's systemic failure. Because I, I have been issue 
the system did not even recognize that such people exist and therefore did not take care of them even in the laws if you look at the vap act this is which is the most recent that is being celebrated mm -hmm. what does the vap act say about persons with disabilities almost next to nothing mm -hmm. do you understand so you need to recognize that there is a problem mm -hmm. you need you even need to recognize that there is that special needs people exist mm -hmm. and special needs people need extra care and extra protection mm -hmm. by the system mm -hmm. it's when you have done that that you now go ahead and provide enabling hospital enabling laws and enabling support for them to live a normal life because these special needs people really have capacity and ability if encouraged and if provided in the right air if taken care of with the right tools the right environment and all that to live a full-fledged impactful life and they can contribute to the society so for me is a society anomaly that this class of people we have not taken care of them but thank god for advocacy mm -hmm. and civil society programs like this and mm -hmm. all that you know there is with continuous enlightenment advocacy sensitization and, and engagement with government i mean thank god the disability um uh, the disability rights bill uh, law is now in place since uh, 20 april 2019 yeah. it's been signed by the president and then there is a commission for persons living with disability these are right steps in the right direction i pray they will engage more people well to make sure that the care and needs both from at the institutional system at structural system and we'll take it down to even at family levels that the right care is provided for the yeah. special needs people I think the biggest it's changing, but it's slow, but it's changing gradually. Yeah. yeah. The biggest question for me, really, in that regard, is what exactly the government has done to even make sure that the bill is being enforced in different. Because I know that even for buildings, you're supposed to have provisions, ramps. yes, ramps and all of that provisions for people who are differently able, for people who are in wheelchairs. All of that was supposed to be in place, and you know, but anyway. So let's move on to our next question. We observed that there is an increase in disclosure and reporting of rape and sexual abuse in recent times. What could be responsible for this? And do you think it's still underreported? Hmm. Well, I give kudos to Nigerian youths. I'm, I'm so proud of Nigerian youths. If you're below 35 years, you're my champion. Why do I say that? Nigerian youths have been able to break the jinx a generation didn't mm -hmm. break in terms of reaching out, in terms of making sure their voices are heard. And if you check the category of people who are very active, who have taken upon themselves to give voices to the voiceless, they're in that category. If you look at discussions, the violent discussions on gender-based violence across or across board, the, the, the loudest voice comes from Nigerian youths. So I give it to them. The social media is also their age. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when I, was in, when I was 15 or 16, I wasn't, I didn't have, we had land phones then. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have access to mobile phones like yeah. they do. So they are also techie children. They are digital children and they are using technology effectively. So kudos to the social media, kudos to technology. You know, it's done a whole lot to really, really bring to fore a lot of issues that are wrong with our system. And the leaders, both me and every other person in positions of leadership, do not have any choice than to listen to them. Mm -hmm. I still believe it's largely underreported. It's largely underreported because there are a lot. Nigeria still have a lot of traditional village communities, mm -hmm. you know, that don't even have access to the... Um, 
to network maths and things mm -hmm. like that. But be that as it may, you might see a second, third or fourth generation of those people in the villages that are able to once in a while come into mm -hmm. their villages and, you know, let them know that the world we live in is changing and is changing fast. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's largely it's still seen as a family personal issues and all that. It's still not yet in the public sphere mm -hmm. as it should be. But the social media has done us a lot of good. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, I give kudos to Nigerian youths. They are my heroes. Mm -hmm. They are the people I, I said, oh, I am proud that I have children in that category that are changing the narrative, changing the mindset and trying to change things. When you, when you watch um, discussions on the social media and you see how they berate perpetrators of gender-based violence yeah. you know that already they condemn them even the our court judicial mm -hmm. system that's been on on strike now for about six weeks or more and all that eight even weeks. gets eight weeks get to even talk about it so mm -hmm. yeah i give it to the social media that mm -hmm. it's it is a good space where these issues are discussed and then there's no control so yeah so it, it's uh, it gives them the freedom and the levity mm -hmm. but one thing i also encourage a lot of them to do is that show respect Whatever your your viewpoint is or whatever your position is, mm -hmm. let's I mean show understanding, show care, show empathy, mm -hmm. and most importantly, show respect because yeah. those are the essence of a disciplined uh, yeah. Nigerian youth. Uh, Ruth, mm -hmm. do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Well, I'd like to say that with the advent of social media, it has given everybody this facelessness because perpetrators of this crime, you know, have their strongest points in the ability to shame you. That is mm -hmm. to say that they strive on your shame. When they yeah. do this thing and they know that, I mean, it brings shame to you. I mean, it's what encourages them. So I'd like to, you know, agree with what she has said so far. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. All right so um, there has also been an increase in the deeply disturbing cases of rape and sexual assault, especially perpetrated on minors by adult males. These reports are often circulated over social media spaces with graphic images of victims displayed without express permission of the victims or their parents. What can you say about protecting the privacy of victims in these instances? Mm. Well, thank you for that question. When I was discussing this question with Chinwe, it's all um, an issue of uh, ignorance, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and again, it, they said, well, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. You notice that ignorance is actually it's much far more, more expensive. Far more expensive. Mm -hmm. So why do I say this? We, where the society has failed in providing the right education, the right information the right knowledge to each citizenry. That is what you get. Mm -hmm. Because in their own mind, they didn't set out to either abuse or to blame the victim the or embarrass the victim. Theirs is to put out this this malaise, this terrible um, ongoing in our society so that the perpetrators can be brought to mm -hmm. book. Okay, so in doing that, they, do, they didn't weigh you know the other the option outcome. yeah mm -hmm. the option the other option is that oh these are two sides of a coin mm -hmm. so it's good to tread uh, gently because 
after the violence has been perpetrated, the victim still has a life yeah. and all that. Okay, so how do you deal with that? We have to go back to knowledge. Mm -hmm. You know, thank God the world is going is a knowledge-based world now. So the idea, the, the point is that it is mandatory on us to do more sensitization, more awareness creation, more citizens protection mm -hmm. and all that. And nip issues on the board as they are starting. Yeah. Because if civil society are able, when, when an event unfolds and people are able to come in and take responsibility and take control of the space, they'll definitely manage what is put out there in the public mm -hmm. space. And I tell you, for some cases that the civil society have managed, they've managed it effectively. But there are a few. I mean, civil society also have capacity issues. So they can't reach 200 million Nigerians or over 150 million families mm -hmm. at the same time. And I tell you that the quantum violence that goes on, you know, in various spaces, even in the workspace and the public space and public transportation spaces are so huge that your uh, your ego eyes might not reach all of these spaces. And then we the, as a nation, mm -hmm. too, we have so this issue. The, yeah, the, the media, everybody, everybody really has to, all hands have to be on deck, yeah. you know, to begin to it's what they're doing is okay but do it properly so that the rights of victims are protected is there a proper way to actually do that especially when you're dealing with the internet because one thing i've noticed is very easy to dig out information on people especially the fact that you have the you have facebook you have twitter you have all of these things that connect you to people so what exactly is the proper way to handle it because like you said the person is actually putting it out so that you know the person's case comes to light Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we have actually used the most to find, to make enough noise and, you know, get a lot of reaction from the government or people who actually are supposed to be handling such situations is through, this, is through social media. So how do you do it in a way that you can actually protect the person? Um, like I said, um, when an incident happens, the right thing really is to look for law enforcement agencies mm -hmm. instead of going straight to the media. The first thing to do is call attention of the law enforcement agencies, in this case, the Nigerian police. And Nigerian police should be like two or three doors away from you in an ideal society. So they, they shouldn't be far. Mm -hmm. And once a matter is already handed over to in that space, it's, it's already been taken care of by the right structure, by the right system. Mm -hmm. So, and again, if you also involve us, you involve the Nigerian police, you also find either the churches, the civil society organizations and all that to throw more lights. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? To also provide protection for the victim. So you don't just carry it by yourself and go. You call for help, mm -hmm. you know, so people can come together, form a group. I know that's what a lot of WhatsApp groups we've created mm -hmm. do. You know, once there is a case of violence, oh, a woman is being beaten here by her husband and all that. You see, who is the closest to the person? Call this phone number, reach out to the person, and it works. So that person gets immediate, and then a strategy is developed. You look at the peculiarity. If it's the one that needs immediate medical attention, you make sure the person gets to hospital, mm -hmm. gets the right, gets treated, which is priority. So you stay alive. You need to stay alive to be able to defend your right and prosecute the uh, the perpetrator of the of the crime. So it's about uh, this the society knowing that these systems and structures exist that they can leverage. Mm -hmm. Because I can tell you that a kilometer away there must be a group of activists that are active that you can reach out to and do things properly. It's about awareness creation and mm -hmm. the the desire to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, it is the duty of the society to imbibe it. On the on on the next generation on the youth that there are better ways 
of protecting the victim and dealing with the perpetrator, but let the law take its full course. Let's not put laws into our hands. All right. All right. Okay, so moving on. Now, we've seen a clear power imbalance in most of the reported cases of rape in the country. Now, talk to us about power imbalances in rape situations. Um, well, again, when we talk about uh, Nigeria being a highly patriarchal, with emphasis, highly patriarchal society, mm -hmm. what that means is an unequal power relations between men and women, the rich and the poor. We are, whether we like it or not, a purely capitalist society where the winner takes all, the rich have it all mm -hmm. and all that. You know, and incidentally, that's who we are. You know, most of the advocacy we do is to actually try to redefine masculinity mm -hmm. you know is to break down patriarchy you know we we advocate for the breaking down of patriarchy so that men sees that the there is a limit to use of power there is a limit to use of power in the domestic space in the private space in the uh, in the in, in the public space i mean who would believe that our own isa ahmed the people's president mm -hmm. and all that would today be harassed for a common good Ordinarily, mm -hmm. before now, who would there, which police would come and invite Isa Ahmed Isa, you know, for interrogation over slapping a perpetrator of violence? Mm -hmm. Somebody poured kerosene yeah. on, I mean, um, and, child, you, and burnt the, and put on fire, Why you know, out of aghast and anger. He now slapped the person and somebody, you know, I would say an enemy of light. Dions that now used it to want to run him down. What am I trying to say? The society is getting more sophisticated that anywhere we are, we should actually seek the common good. We should not throw caution to the to the wind. We should be careful and all that what we do, who we represent. And um and I also think that systems are being established. Mm -hmm. Thank God for the gender uh, gen, uh sexual and gender based response violence response team that is existing in this FCT. You can reach out to them. The, the office is at Cyprian uh, Quincy Cultural Center. That's mm -hmm. under the um, um, so, um, Social Development Secretariat and then Gender Your Department. Team. These institutions are there. If we hold our people accountable, we'll get the best for ourselves. But if we pretend that these institutions are not there, they'll get your budget. Mm -hmm. It's the budget. And at the end of the day, we're where it's, we it's are. So for me, one way to go is patriarchy needs to be dismantled or controlled. Then power relations, men must begin, there must be training and capacity building and sensitization about the use of power. Yeah, I know you're referring to cases like the Fato in Bodikoza mm -hmm. cases and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the case of uh, rape. The between that was a, a case of more than 15 years yeah. before it was being reported and all that. But one thing I do say is that for everyone that has been lost, capacities have been built. A lot of women have been emboldened to speak out. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple of wins. The BBC sex for grade uh, viral video. Yeah. I mean, we've got the lecturer sacked. The OAU case of rape for Mark and all that also got the professor sacked. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can imagine after 30 something years of your career. You ended up two years, having two years jail sentence. Mm -hmm. So we've, uh, the, the unequal power relations exist. But continuous advocacy 
engaging the system and we're all humans god created man and woman in a society mm -hmm. so it is important men understand that this society exists and is balanced because men and women are there so there must be spaces in your use of power in your use of force in your use of anything know that you're also dealing with another human being mm -hmm. and that you should not throw caution to the wind yeah. you know because your the unequal power relations may work for your favor today mm -hmm. tomorrow it might not work for your favor it might actually be your downfall because for Amedisa to be crying and saying that he was going to close the show, the Break It a Family show, I mean, that was like he was really touched by the reaction of the of some people to him. I feel bad that he had to go through what he had to go through. But if you look at the human rights perspective, mm -hmm. the human rights perspective says there's the nobody, there's nobody has the right to perpetuate or perpetrate violence against any person. Yeah. It's clear. So whoever you are, whether you're the president of Nigeria, be careful. Yeah. Whether you're the, the Chief Justice of the Federation, be careful. And then whether you're ordinary citizen, whether you're just a nobody, let us all be mm -hmm. careful. Let's work like people who know that humanity, you know, your right ends, or your, your mm -hmm. right starts where my own ends, yeah. and all that. And we all have a right to this space. Mm -hmm. God created us to be part of humanity. God created us as human beings. And that our right as human beings should not be taken away from us. Yeah, I completely so. agree. Um, so let me ask my final question before we round up the show. Um, we only have literally like a minute left, but I want to ask this question. Now, what are the effects um, that domestic violence has on the mental, psychological, and social health of the survivor? In fact, it can't even be quantified. It can't, it's huge. The effect of uh, sexual and gender, in fact, all forms of violence is huge. Mm -hmm. But I have a message, a quick message to the victims. Do not let anybody make you feel less of a human being, irrespective of what you go through. It is what you allow to get to you that gets to you. Mm -hmm. For me, shake off whatever you have gone through. Focus on your future. Mm -hmm. Focus on the things, your aspirations in life. Mm -hmm. You are still a human being, irrespective of. Mm -hmm. Learn the lessons of the experience and move on. Mm -hmm. To the perpetrators, I feel sorry for you. Because you may have done this one and you went, you, you, you got away. Yeah. The next one, you might not get away. Mm -hmm. Go to Kirikiri and see the number of people in jail for committing various heinous crimes, especially gender-based mm -hmm. violence. So, like I said, it's sad. You know, but the, the the victims really must not wear this victim syndrome. Oh, I've been raped and therefore my life has come to an end. My dear mm -hmm. girl, my dear boy, my dear little child, your life has not come to an end. There's a whole life ahead of mm -hmm. you. I always use Joyce Mayer as an example. She's my mentor. I listen to her every morning before I leave the house. And she boldly told us the story of how her father abused her for the first 17 years of her life until she was able to run away. Her mother could not do anything because her mother thought that she was incapable of uh, taking care of two children yeah. as a single mother. But that became the basis of our ministry. That became the basis of our evangelism and the basis of seeking Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, Joyce Meyer is a global evangelist, well-known. Well the same can be you. The same with Oprah Winfrey. Mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey was had she had a, she, she was, was a victim of a, of yeah, she was raped. Yeah. I had a, a baby at 13 years and things like that. But today, she's one of the richest fifth women. most richest women in the world. So that you were raped, abused. I'm not justifying rape. I'm not justifying abuse. It's just that you but you have, have a life. Have your yes, you yes. have your tomorrow. And yeah. please leave it to the full. All right, this was a very interesting discussion, and I hope that we were actually able to make an impact on our listeners. Um, I'd like to thank the two ladies I have in the studio, Lady Kiru and Ruth. Thank you so much for this amazing discussion. Um, don't go anywhere because WFM has so much more for you, so don't touch that dial.